Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalized pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Tradings. Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. This is a business radio show where we talk about the craziness of small business. It's that craziness that actually makes it exciting, interesting, and totally unpredictable. This is Business Insanity Talk Radio with your host, Barry Moles. Welcome to Business Insanity Talk Radio. This is the final word in small business. For those keeping track, this is show number 284. Of course, we're sponsored by Sage Summit. I'm there this week coming up in Las Vegas, www.sagesummit.com. It's the best interactive small business event of the year. Try to come in, make it out, give me a shout out. We're also sponsored by Nextiva, your answer for all your small business communication needs in the cloud. Well, I want to start off the show today with somewhat of a history lesson. First, there was the agriculture age. This was really the first time that people didn't need to work all the time to produce the food that they ate. This led to the industrial age with computers in the 1980s. This was transformed to the information age. And then this decade brings a new something called the collaboration age. Here to talk about that is Topher Morrison. He's the managing director of Key Person of Influence USA, a growth accelerator firm that has worked with over 1,000 companies globally to help them dominate their market share. He's also the author of a great new book called Collaboration Economy, Eliminate the Competition by Creating Partnership Opportunities. He's been featured in award-winning documentaries such as The Compass and Riches. And I think, Topher, you're in the new Transformer movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm Waterboy number three. Exactly. You see how, like, the Transformers and the people, you know, here we collaborate together. So let's talk about that. You say that the information age has died. Why is that? Well, it died, yeah, it died in about 2010. Maybe the legs are still twitching just a little bit, but for the most part, it's dead and gone. Uh, it died because of the entrepreneurial revolution. Every age is upset by a revolution. So, for example, the agricultural age got upset by um, the mechanical revolution, and then that created the manufacturing age. The manufacturing age got upset by the computer revolution, and that created the information age. And because of the information age, we've streamlined, we've done things more efficiently over the past 40 years. That what we've seen is a greater layoff, uh, greater um, number of layoffs where people can't find work again, and as a result of that, it's forcing people to become entrepreneurs. We have never seen a greater surge of entrepreneurship than we mm-hmm. have in the last four years, maybe even the last six. And as a result, because of this new uh, insurgence of small business owners that every uh, that, that have, have come up, we've now entered this new age called the collaboration age. But we owe 
uh, all of the new entrepreneurs as a result of that. And, now, and social media. Social media was, was also spawned from that as well. Now, Tover, some people would say this is just all nonsense. We can't talk about you know, cooperation or uh, co-optition or collaboration. Business is about competition, plain and simple. What's your response to that? Yeah, I tell him to look at like one of the best entrepreneurs in the world, Elon Musk, who's invented perhaps the best electric car in the world. And in the information I'm age, I'm an electric strategy, car driver, so yep, yeah, but yeah, couldn't afford it, couldn't afford a Tesla, but I do have a Nissan Leaf. But go ahead. <laughs> I love the Nissan Leaf. I, I love it. Had for two those. years, and yeah. never pull in for gas, and I never get angry. They're fantastic. But uh, Elon, he built this amazing Tesla, this electric car. And in the information age, his strategy would have been hold on to the patents, hold on to the trademarks, don't give up my trade secrets because I'm going to leverage that um, disparity of information that I have and other people don't, and that's where the value is at. But just last month, he released all of his trademarks and all of his patents. He opened them up to GM and Ford and he said, here, guys, build a car using my technology. And he's literally giving permission to his competition to take his technology and build cars because what he realizes is that's going to force his engineers now to re-innovate and come up with something even better than they already have. Listen, knowing the Detroit car companies, I'm not sure there was that much of a, a risk there. But the information <laughs> age was always about knowledge, right? Now you're saying that we're yeah. giving away knowledge. What's the biggest asset in the collaboration age? The biggest asset in the collaboration age, interestingly enough, it's like the pendulum is swinging the other direction now, and it's going to be people. In fact, it's going to be key people of influence that we can go to who we feel have the credibility, have the clarity, have the uh, visibility, have the partnerships in place to where they can help us expand and grow our markets much more effectively. In fact, uh, you know, I, I was just at a, a network meeting last week, and it was one of those typical kind of like BNI meetings where you've got one realtor, one mortgage broker, one chiropractor, and they don't let any of their competition mm -hmm. in. And I told them, I said, the future of this networking group, it's going to die. And in the next 10 years, Nobody's going to want a group like this. They're going to want to be in a group of nothing but 20 realtors and a group of nothing but 20 chiropractors and a group of nothing but 20 mortgage officers because what will happen is these people will become so specifically niched that you'll have 20 realtors sharing their leads going, okay, I've got a, I've got a townhome in, in the south. Who's in charge of townhomes in the south? And somebody will go, that's my market, and they'll give that lead to them. And then another one will say, all right, I've got a couple here that's uh, expanding. They're growing their family. They want to get into a, a multifamily home unit uh, duplex. Who handles duplexes? And they'll be sharing their leads that way, and their competition will actually become their ally. You know, it's interesting because I'm part of a speaker group of small business speakers all over the country, and we're actually having – having a retreat here pretty soon, and I really believe in the model of abundance that there really is enough business for everybody. But when you talk about collaboration, are you just meaning to partner with other people? I'm not. There's actually several levels of collaboration, everything from finding the things that as a small business owner you're weak at and then outsourcing all of that misery to somebody else who's strong at it. That's an example of collaboration. Um, an example of collaboration would be instead of having to hire full-time employees, you can use outsourced sites like Elance and Odesk and Brickwork to find people who specifically can do the tasks at hand that need to be done. Uh, so you're only paying for labor when they're actually doing the tasks that they're supposed to be doing versus traditional employment where you have somebody employed for eight hours and you're lucky if you get maybe two or three good quality hours a day out of them. Uh, it also could be collaborating with your competition. It could be collaborating with uh, investors uh, who are looking to buy into your business. Uh, it could be also 
uh, collaborating with joint ventures to where instead of have like now, for example, we have like medical buildings. In the future, we're going to see a building that's not just a medical building, but we're going to have the chiropractor, the doctor, the lawyer, the car auto repair company, um, the claims adjusters, and everything involved in an auto accident is going to be under one building. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But how do you actually approach someone to collaborate with them? It does take a leap of faith and a certain amount of trust, doesn't it? It takes a leap of faith, it takes trust, and it takes a really interesting perspective, which you just mentioned, Barry, a moment ago, where you said you believe in abundance and there's enough out there for everybody. The biggest problem I see with small business owners when they go to collaborate with someone, whether it be from a joint venture partner or a marketing partner, or they even want to team up with a competition and have referral-based lead systems going on, the biggest challenge I see is that they go in proposing to the person what they can do for them, and that's the opposite. They should be going in proposing to that person what they could actually provide in services to the person they're requesting from. So instead of me calling you up, Barry, and saying, hey, Barry, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to find a way in which you could send me some leads for speaking gigs, uh, and in exchange, I'll give you a commission. That's a backward approach. A better approach would be to say, calling you up and say, Barry, I think I've got a way in which I could send you a lot of speaking leads. If you're interested in entering some sort of a collaborative approach, I think we should have a conversation about how I could help you uptake your speaking gigs by hopefully about 20 to 30% over the next 12 months. And if I don't even mention what I want out of it, but I can only mention what I'm going to do for you, now you're going to be far more receptive and want to hear what I've got to say. So, Topher, is there some business models that simply don't work for collaboration? Yep, and, and they're going to probably go the way of the dodo bird. <laughs> you know? And we all um, know where the dodo bird is now, right? Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for innovate and die. You know, 20 years ago, there were travel agents all over the place. And then when the computers came out, we were able to get online and book our flights ourselves. We didn't need them anymore. And now there are travel agents, but they're very far and few between. And they usually also offer additional services now that they didn't provide otherwise in an information age. You know, back then, it was really just about being the informant and telling you what things were available. Now they actually go uh, above and beyond that. They actually book more than just a flight or a cruise or something like that. Uh, so there are industries out there that are going to have a harder time uh, functioning in the collaboration age. Here's a great example, actually. Uh, um, colleges. Colleges are going to struggle over the next 40 years unless they innovate because you've got new collaborative educational formats like the Khan Academy, which are coming out, which are killing the traditional universities, you know, in 2010, enrollments for college had leveled off. And it's my prediction in 2015, we're going to see for the first time in 40 years a decline in collegiate enrollments because people are starting to realize it's really not that important anymore. And I can get the exact same amount of information, which is no longer valuable in the collaboration age. I can get it for free at the Khan Academy. What do I care if I have a piece of paper that says I'm qualified? At the end of the day, that piece of paper is not doing me any good anyway. What does me good is my ambition, my creativeness, and my commitment. It'll be interesting to look at that trend. Well, Topher, we're out of time for this segment. Where can people get a copy of the book, The Collaboration Economy, and get in touch with you? Very simple. Go to collaborationeconomy.com. Oh, that's a good URL. Topher, thanks for being on the show. You bet, buddy. Thanks. Thank now, you. Much. Appreciate is, it. Is this the year that you finally get your business unstuck? Is this the year you finally take your company to the next level. If it is, give me a call at 773-935-5181 or go to www.barrymold slash unstuck. I will get to you where you want to go. We'll be right back.
How can you get from here to there? We've got the answer from the ChicagoRadioDeals.com Traffic Center. I'm Maria Arnold with your look at traffic. The Edens is clear in 19 minutes, both directions between Lake Cook and the Junction. The Kennedy's also moving well at 20 minutes, both ways between O'Hare and downtown, with express lanes flowing outbound. On the Eisenhower at 17th, there's report of a rollover accident, but we don't know the direction of that just yet. We just know that the entrance ramp from 17th to the Eisenhower is blocked as a result. No issues on the Stevenson, the Dan Ryan, I-57 and Bishop Ford are moving well. Lakeshore Drive is fine. The toll roads are also doing well in Illinois. That's the Tri-State, the Reagan, Jane Adams, and Veterans Memorial. The Elgin O'Hare Route 390 is looking good and no problems in northwest Indiana on 8094 I-65 and the Indiana Toll Road. Chicago weather currently 68 degrees and overcast. Overnight the low 61 and breezy. Tomorrow the high 70 and sunny. Next update in 15 minutes on the AM560, The Answer. The premier conservative event in the Midwest comes to Chicago on October 24th and 25th. It's Freedom Summit Chicago, featuring Sean Hannity live in Chicago for the first time in over a decade. All of this is culminating in what is the beginning of a conservative rebirth in this country. Also appearing, Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal, Townhall.com's Guy Benson, best-selling author Katie Pavlich, and Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com. Tickets on sale now at Freedom Summit Chicago. Mandy, how are you? So I heard you and Kyla started your own yoga studio. Congrats. Hi, Janice. Yeah, we've been talking about starting our own business for years. It's called Sunlight Yoga. You should definitely come check it out. Wow, yeah, I definitely will. So are you two a partnership or LLC or what? Well, we really don't have any official organization like that. We are just a small business. Well, yeah, but aren't you afraid of someone getting hurt at your studio? You don't want to be personally liable for that, do you? Well, no, I guess I haven't really thought about that. Speaking from my own experience, starting my own interior decorating company there are so many things you have to figure out when it comes to starting your own business maybe you're right do you know any good lawyers sure safer law offices they specialize in this kind of law they can help you form your business organization register your trademark and draft all of your contracts and agreements you'll need to set up your business for success for able and experienced small business lawyers and affordable accessible legal services call saper law offices at 312-527-4100 or visit saper law at saperlaw.com every month Heather Cook helps dozens of people file claims for life insurance bought through SelectQuote. The stories she tells are inspiring, like this one about Joe, a 39-year-old research analyst. Joe was healthy, but with a wife and two sons, he realized he needed life insurance just in case. Joe called SelectQuote. His agent, Scott, shopped a number of highly rated term life companies and, though Joe's budget was tight, got him a $1 million policy he could afford. Last April... Joe died from heart failure. But thanks to his life insurance through SelectQuote, his family can keep the house and the boys can go to college. See how affordable SelectQuote can make just in case for you. For a free quote, call 1-800-500-2218. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop. You say. Stick around and get your small business unstuck. More of Business Insanity Talk Radio with Barry Maltz. Now on AM 560, The Answer. 
Well, I have to admit, one of my favorite movies is Glengarry Glen Ross, and they practice in that movie the ABC method to selling, which is always be closing. My next guest says that this is the wrong way to approach sales. Tim Hurston teaches strategic thinking and creative problem solving in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Mexico, Chile, South Africa, and Australia. He has keynote in over 30 countries. He's the founder of ThinkX a firm offering innovative services to global corporations. He's also the founder of MindCamp, an annual creativity retreat, and of Facilitators Without Borders, a non-for-profit that trains community groups in creative problem solving. He's got a great new book out on ethical selling. It's called Never Be Closing. It's been published by Penguin Portfolio. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Barry. Nice to be here. All right, so you're telling me that the guys on Glen Gary, Glenn Ross got it wrong? Well, all you have to do is look at the movie and That's see right. what failures they were. You know, like they they were failures essentially, weren't they? Most of them. So, so you're basically uh, telling salespeople that everything that they've thought for years is wrong. Why should you never be closing? Yeah, I think we're in a kind of a, a sales 2.0 world. Uh, customers are more savvy. They have uh, easier ways of uh, of understanding who's trying to sell to them. They can research companies. Uh, information is is all around. So the 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 tricks and and frankly, closing is largely a trick. Uh, the tricks that have been used in the past to overcome the the lack of credibility and so on simply don't work anymore. People people aren't stupid. They know when they're being manipulated. So what would be a better way? Instead of closing a sale, how about opening a relationship? One of the things that we say is that if you think of, in the book, if you think of the uh, the salesperson as a, a great archer, well, if an archer wants to hit the bullseye, does the archer aim and sight in straight on the bullseye at 100 yards or 100 meters out? No, because if, if he does that or she does that, the arrow is going to be pulled down by gravity. The archer has to aim above the bullseye because they know that what the effect of gravity is going to be. It's the same in sales. If you aim for the sale and your customer, your prospective customer, knows you're aiming for the sale, you're immediately starting off on the wrong foot because they know that their best interest isn't the first thing you're thinking about. So you've got to aim for the relationship. If you aim for the relationship and if you're genuine about it, if you want to be useful, if you really want to help, then you can hit the bullseye. Yeah, Tim, we've talked about this many times uh... You know, Dan Pink's been on the show. He talks about how we really have to educate people, then we don't really sell them. And I always believe you actually can't sell anything to anybody. you got to be there when people are ready to buy. You talk about in the book how the sales meeting is really a conversation that has three acts. Tell us about that. Yeah, interesting. You know, every movie, every joke, every story that we hear has evolved into a kind of a three-act structure. And and the human mind seems to understand this structure. And in stories, it's introduce your character, get him into trouble. That's act one. In act two, it's get him into more trouble, you know, really serious right. trouble. And in act three, save him, in effect. So... The, the three acts of a, sales, of a sales meeting are somewhat different, but there's a strong relationship. One of the things that you've got to do in the sales meeting clearly is understand what your client's needs are. In order to do that, you have to ask questions, but not easy questions, not manby-pamby questions, not purely informational questions, but tough questions, questions that are hard to answer, questions that may be uncomfortable to deal with. In order to do that, you have to earn a level of credibility. If somebody stopped you on the street and asked you the same kinds of questions that your doctor asks you in the office, you'd say, go away. 
But the doctor has the credibility to ask you a certain kind of probing question. Well, the salesperson can do that too. So act one is to establish the credibility that you need to ask those kinds of questions. Once you've got that credibility, you immediately move into the discovery mode, really, really asking questions. And no matter how much you want to tell them how great your product is or how great your service is, hold back, hold back. You need more information. So act two is ask, 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 until you come to what we call the catalytic question. And the catalytic question is that question that you ask somebody that actually changes everything. And we've all had that experience of somebody asking us a question, and just the question itself, suddenly we say, gosh, I never looked at it that way before. I didn't really understand my situation. That's something I'd like to explore. So once you ask that question, then is the time to move into Act 3. And Act 3, of course, is offering the various benefits that you've discovered will be of use through your questioning to your client. You know, Tim, in the book, Never Be Closing, you talk about really the power of promises, but there also is a danger of overpromising, isn't there? There sure is. And I want to be really clear that when we talk about the power of promises, we actually are talking less about the business-related promise than the relationship-related promise. Relationships, in effect, are built on promises made and promises kept. So one of the things that we say is that you can be uh, successful in any sales meeting if what you're aiming for is that relationship, what I talked about earlier with regard to the arrow. So what's the kind of promise that you could make to somebody that would, uh, would, would further the relationship but not necessarily the sale? Well, let's say that there's a piece of information that you promise to email somebody, and then you do email it to them later on. It's a small thing, but you've made a promise, and you mail them a piece of information. Maybe you promise to put them in contact with somebody. It doesn't even have anything to do with your direct business. It doesn't help you in any way financially, but it might help the client because it's a source that they, that they can use for, for some need that they have. You promise to do that, you establish that email thing. That's what we're talking about, the power of the promise. It's really demonstrating to your, to your client or your potential client that you want to help them. And the way to do that is make promises, and deliver. You know, and I don't think we can really unestimate the power of this because I was with a customer yesterday and I said, you know, I have really trust issues. I have a hard time working with people because they don't just do what they say they're going to do. And I have to tell you, if you do what you say you're going to do in relationship to the clients, Tim, then that's really a powerful thing because I find a lot of people don't do that. So that's one way to stand out. It's and it, absolutely, and it's so easy. You know, this is not a hard thing to do. You know, you don't have to go to school to do this. All you have to do is figure out: Are there things that the client needs that would they would value? Say so you're going to deliver them. Deliver them. You know, another Simple. thing you talk about in the book, and I thought this was really important, is that debriefing the meetings so you can you know really learn something. You say how to learn so you can earn. Talk about that. One of the experiences that uh, I've had throughout my career when I've worked with large businesses, small businesses, is that they'll do projects, and projects is successful, great. And if the project is not successful, they kind of just brush it under the carpet, you know, and they move on to the next project. Well, there's this wealth of information that they've discovered or could discover from both the successful and the unsuccessful project. Use it. The best way to learn Really, any sports psychologist will tell you this. Any performance psychologist will tell you this is to debrief, to accurately debrief. And it's so simple, Barry. Three questions. 
you ask yourself what what happened during the meeting literally you try to be a you know a camera recorder or you know or an audio recorder what actually happened so i can replay the meeting in my head number 2 so what in other words what was the meaning of what happened when i said this what was the meaning that 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 emerged to my client when my client said that what was the result of that in other words what was the meaning and the final question is now what what do i have to keep doing that worked really really well what do I have to throw away because it screwed everything up when I did that? And what do I have to keep doing but get better at doing? Because it was okay, kind of, but it could be a whole lot smoother, a whole lot better. So simple. But if you do that, what happens is you begin what's called an experiential learning cycle, and you improve with every single meeting. I will bet you that not one in a thousand salespeople does this. And it's I so bet easy. you're right. I bet you're right. Last question I have for you is how do you make sure that you're really communicating appropriately with the customer or the prospect that you're speaking their language? I think you have to understand who you're speaking to. You cannot talk to somebody who is interested in people. That's their overriding concern. And talk to them about technology. You're just not going to connect. So first thing you have to do is understand who you're talking to. And there are lots of signals that can tell you that. And then use appropriate language, appropriate references, not to manipulate the person, but really to communicate with the person. Tim, thanks so much for being on the show. You know, if you're listening and you want to be able to get more customers this year, you've got to really break what I call the double helix trap. And you want to learn how to do that, you can go to www.barrymoltz.com slash unstuck, or you can call me at 773-935-5181. I'm going to show you how to always be there when the customer is ready to, ready to buy. You know something? If you can't be found, you're never going to get chosen. Isn't this the year that you take your company to the next level? I can help. We'll be right back. You take on vacation. Swimsuit. Can you grab my toothbrush? Toothbrush. Got it. Your Kindle. All right, here we go. And. <gasps> the kids! Oh. We forgot the kids! Uh, don't forget the kids. Turn around! Do we have to? And don't forget to take along your essential summer listening. Stay connected while you get away. AM560 The Answer on the 560 The Answer mobile app and on the iHeartRadio and TuneIn radio apps. Fox News Radio. I'm Steve Rappaport. Israel and Hamas resuming attacks in Gaza after a short-lived truce. Hamas ignored an Israeli truce extension for a while as both sides played cat and mouse with their respective ceasefires. Eventually, each called a 24-hour truce. They just covered a different 24 hours initially. It's a confusing and frightening time in Gaza. Sky News correspondent David Bowden, the UN Security Council calling for an immediate, unconditional humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. A lightning strike in Southern California killing a beachgoer and injuring 12 others. It was a busy summer day there at Venice Beach with lots of people um, on the beach and in the water. And this thunderstorm kind of came out of nowhere. Los Angeles Fire spokeswoman Catherine Maine. Lightning also injured a golfer on Catalina Island. Fox News. We report. You decide. 
stuck in traffic? We've got the answer from the ChicagoRadioDeals.com Traffic Center. I'm Maria Arnold with your look at traffic on the northwest side. Armitage is closed both ways between Campbell and Milwaukee for CTA Blue Line work until 4 a.m. Monday morning. Things looking good on the expressways and tollways. The Edens is clear at 19 minutes both directions between Lake Hook and the Junction. The Kennedy's also moving well at 20 minutes both ways between O'Hare and downtown with express lanes flowing outbound. On the Eisenhower, they've cleared that accident at 17th Avenue. It's not affecting traffic. The Stevenson's looking good. No issues on the Dan Ryan, I-57, and Bishop Ford. Lakeshore Drive is moving well. No problems on the Illinois toll roads. That's the Tri-State, the Reagan, Jane Adams, and Veterans Memorial. No problems on the Elgin O'Hare Route 390 and all's well in northwest Indiana. Chicago weather currently 68 degrees and overcast. Overnight the low 61 and breezy. Tomorrow the high 70. Next update in 15 minutes on AM 560, The Answer. You've already upgraded your cell phone to a smart device, which lets you use the Internet to be more productive on the go. But what about your desk phone? Nextiva is a smart business phone system in the cloud. With a simple setup through an Internet connection, you can soon have access to your office communications wherever you are. Stay seamlessly connected with clients and stay more mobile than ever before for just one low monthly cost. Give your business more than just a basic desk phone. Visit Nextiva.com or call 800 799 0600 to learn more today. Next Diva. Simplifying your business communications. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. You will need the company. If you'd like to join more conversations like those you hear on the show, then you'll want to check out the 2014 Sage Summit. This highly interactive conference will give you the insights, tools, and confidence your small business or mid-sized business needs to succeed. You'll discover new ways to boost growth, improve efficiency, and tackle challenges like healthcare, talent management, and data security. It all happens at the end of July in Las Vegas. Visit sagesummit.com to learn more. Use the code BARRY to register for just $349. As a small business owner, you wake every morning feeling like you're on a never-ending hamster wheel. Your energy and interest are waning. You've tried many things to turn your business around, but you've failed. You and your business are literally stuck. You keep looking for that magic bullet that will be the tipping point to take it to the next level. Sound familiar? You're not alone. And help is on the way. Read Barry's new book, How to Get Unstuck, 25 Ways to Get Your Business Growing Again. It reveals the 25 most common reasons why companies get stuck and how to fix them. Go to BarryMoltz.com. If you're the mother of a child with behavior problems, I'd like to talk to you. My name is Janet Lehman. I'm a behavioral therapist and a mom. I know what it's like when the child you love becomes a defiant, out-of-control child who disrespects you. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the program that tens of thousands of moms are now using to turn around their child's behavior. If you've heard about the Total Transformation and wondered if it will work for you, now you can try it for free. I'm willing to give away a 1,000 programs today for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. I know the total transformation works because I used these techniques with my own son and with troubled kids for over 30 years. Let me prove to you that it works by giving you the program for free. Call now, 1-800-753-4574. 1-800-753-4574. That's 1-800-753-4574. Now. 
Back to Business Insanity Talk Radio. It's time to get your small business unstuck on AM560, The Answer. Once again, here's Barry Maltz. Well, every day around this wonderful country of ours, thousands of people go out and they start their own business. But the question really remains, where is the best place to start? Here to help is Frida Thomas. She's a New York certified business advisor. She has been self-employed for 24 years. Frida is a problem solver who helps organizations identify and effectively address business and operational relationship issues. She's got a great book out. It's called Starting Your Own Business. Frida, welcome to the show. Barry, it's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be here with you and your listening audience. And so one of the things you talk about in the book is one of the biggest mistakes that folks make is they don't clearly define their promotions and marketing before they start. Why is it important to do that? Well, if you don't know how you're going to penetrate the market, if you have not taken the time to truly identify where you will go in order to promote, get recognition for your services and products, how are your customers going to know about you? It's the premise that if you build it, they will come. We know that that's It's only in the movies, right? And it was a great movie. It was a great right? movie. I think it was Kevin Costner's last good movie. Some people go, no, Waterworld. And I'm like, no, not Waterworld. So, no, it was great. So, people, just because you build, they're not going to come. So, what do I got to do to make sure that I can be found and get chosen? Okay. So, one of the things that I suggest in the book is to create a strategy and determine where do my clients or my potential clients, customers, go and get information, products, services like mine. Is it on the web? Am I going to meet them at the neighborhood flea market? It doesn't mean that I need to start going out there to specific networking events where the target attends. You want to be very strategic in terms of uh, aligning your strategy and your process so you can go to market quickly, identify where the customer generally gets their goods and services from, and align your strategies with that process. And why do you think that a lot of small business owners don't do that? It's just simply they have a, they're afraid of rejection. So if they create a product or service, if they don't tell anybody about it, they can't get rejected. <laughs> I don't know that it's that simple. I think a lot of business owners don't know what to do, Barry, and they don't take the time to either, A, talk to other business owners because there may be intimidation factors about that, right? Certainly that that person is going to know right away that I'm not prepared to start a business and I don't want to look like I failed before I start. They don't take the time to go to Amazon and research the best books on starting a business, right? Or knowing where do you go to network? I mean, for me, for my business, networking is essential that I'm out there meeting new people, taking the time to introduce them to me, tell them about my success and learning about theirs and figuring out how we can create alliances. And so one of the things you also talk about in the book, Frida, is that how important it is, and I found this in my experience, that you got to find the right mentor for your business because a mentor really can make a difference, right? 
It's so true. And, you know, one of my favorite uh, podcasts of yours is the interview with your son, Daniel. Right. And, did it right here. I mean, look, right. And look at, you know, the example that you are putting in place for him. He wants to be this motivational speaker. And I heard him talking about elasticity and demand. Well, I was in my 40s before I knew about that. So already your son is primed to be successful because he has you. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. When you start selling stuff out of your room at an early age, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it can't go anywhere. But from there. So I have one more question for you, Frida. How do you help small business owners become successful? What have you found is really the key place to start? OK, so I work with what is the objective? That's the first thing. We, is it market penetration? Is it increasing revenue? By how much? And then we look at what are you doing every day to, in order to fulfill that component, right? And what are you doing that's successful? And what are the things you're doing that are not successful? What are the things that are garnering the greater amount of revenue for you where you could kind of do a multiplier effect on those things? Oftentimes, businesses that I'm working with are already established. So they're in process, but they don't even take the time to monitor that process to see what's really working effectively. So first thing, Barry... Determine your goal. Where is it I'm trying to go, right? Am I trying to have 200 more clients? Am I trying to increase my revenue by 30%? How have I done that in the past? Or what will be my objective in terms of achieving that in the future? And then to write down those steps in a sequence and monitor it. Set a timeline so in your process you can determine whether or not you're being successful. And then at the end, you want to have a benchmark in order to determine whether or not that strategy has failed you or whether or not you need to go back and recoup and, and recover from uh, what you've uh, started. Freda, thanks for being on the show. You can, you can see Freda at www.consultflt.com. This is Business Any Talk Radio. We'll be right back. How can you get from here to there? We've got the answer from the ChicagoRadioDeals.com Traffic Center. I'm Maria Arnold with your look at traffic. On the northwest side, Armitage is closed between Campbell and Milwaukee until 4 a.m. Monday morning for CTA Blue Line work. No accidents on the expressways and tollways at this time. Heading inbound on the Eisenhower, that delay has cleared approaching the circle. It's 15 minutes either way between Mannheim and the old post office. On the inbound Dan Ryan, it's much better, but the inbound Dan Ryan exit to the outbound Eisenhower is jammed. It's a 15-minute trip both ways on the main line, Dan Ryan, between 95th and downtown. The Edens is clear, 19 minutes both directions between Lake Hook and the Junction. The Kennedy's also moving well at 20 minutes both ways between O'Hare and downtown with express lanes flowing outbound. Chicago weather, currently 74 degrees and mostly cloudy. Tonight, the low 61 with scattered showers. Tomorrow, the high 70 and sunny. Next update in 15 minutes on AM560, the Answer. Your business is stuck. It's not where you thought it would be after starting it so many years ago. You're not making the money you need. Some of the reasons it's stuck. 
You let today's emergencies dictate your plan. You take dangerous risks instead of calculated actions. Your customers can't find you when they're ready to buy. Your fear of rejection stops you from selling. Maybe you stop marketing as soon as your revenue increases. You hate your customers. You only hire employees who are weaker than you. Maybe you allow lousy employees to overstay their welcome. You think your business is only about growing sales. Learn the 25 most common reasons why companies get stuck and how to fix them in Barry's new book, How to Get Unstuck, 25 Ways to Get Your Business Growing Again. Go to BarryMoltz.com. Pick up the book. Learn the 25 most common reasons why companies get stuck and how to fix them. Get Barry's new book, How to Get Unstuck, 25 Ways to Get Your Business Growing Again. Go to BarryMaltz.com. Are you tired of being overweight? Do you struggle with food cravings? Do you get tired during the day? Do you have problems sleeping at night? Do you exercise but still find it hard to lose weight? Have you tried every new diet out there? Does your body look and metabolize like everyone else's? Of course it doesn't. So you don't need a one-size-fits-all diet. You have individual needs. It's time you had some individual answers for your weight loss concerns. If you're ready for some answers, then go to LincolnParkWeightLoss.com and register for a free weight loss seminar from Errant Healthcare. They'll teach you how to finally lose weight and keep it off. Seating is limited at each seminar, so go to LincolnParkWeightLoss.com now or call 312-640-2020 to register for this free informative weight loss seminar brought to you by dr richard arendt at lincoln park weight loss visit lincolnparkweightloss.com now or call 312-640-2020 now back to business insanity talk radio it's time to get your small business unstuck on am 560 the answer once again here's barry moltz Welcome back. You know, you and I are very much alike. During my many years of running my own company, I had to deal with the challenges of a business that just wasn't going anywhere. For me, it was the moment of truth, and it was a painful realization. My business had flatlined, and I had no idea had to breathe new life into it. Does, does this sound familiar to you? You know, it was especially difficult for me since my customers were not getting the service I was so passionate about delivering to them. Secondly, and probably most importantly, I wasn't making any money. Finally, my stuck business literally was sucking the life out of me. This was not exactly the way that I thought my business would turn out after reading all of those books. Well... It's kind of normal, sort of. During the life cycle of every single business owner, they get stuck from time to time. Do any of these things sound familiar? Take a listen. Your sales won't budge in spite of your best efforts. It doesn't get much more frustrating than this. You have few new leads to customers coming in, and customers keep just fading away. You're burned out, and you're completely exhausted. It's no longer fun, and your family is starting to suffer as well. You got to get off the roller coaster. I know what it's like to ride this entrepreneurial roller coaster. I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be like that. I've had my ups and downs. I finally cracked the code at getting unstuck and moving your business forward. Over the years, I have worked with hundreds of corporations and small business clients to help identify the sticking points in their systems so they can take their business to the next level. Throughout the decades of running my own businesses, I've identified six major areas where almost every small business inevitably gets stuck. This is the year that your business gets unstuck. 
As you journey through my breakthrough training series, I'm going to show you fast and easy and permanent solutions to get unstuck. Each module includes a guided PowerPoint presentation, a voice recording of me presenting this materials in front of a live audience, downloadable lesson notes, downloadable homework assignments, and audio recordings of the 100 best of Business Insanity talk radio over the last five years. Whether you learn best by watching, listening, or reading, there is a format for you. I've made it very easy for you to absorb the material and develop a clear plan of action of moving forward. There are six steps to a better business. This is what I'm going to guarantee you throughout this course. First module is about find new customers and grow the ones you got. You know the drill. When business is booming, you ignore sales and marketing, and then business slows down, and as a result, you go do sales and marketing. This is a hamster wheel to nowhere. Your business remains flatlined and stuck as long as you stay on what I call the double helix treadmill. I'll show you how to grow your business by tossing out the old paradigms and traditional sales techniques through my easy-to-follow step-by-step guide. I'm going to show you how to increase the revenue of your business without ever having to sell again. Module number two is finding money to manage your business. Because guess what? It's already there. As a small business owner, there's a great joke. It says, I sleep like a baby. I go to bed early and wake up at midnight screaming my head off. Does that sound familiar? Cash flow keeps a lot of small business owners up at night. We've all felt the crunch of following the Great Recession. Cash flow has slowed to a trickle. Bank financing is almost impossible. And customers, well, they're just taking longer to pay their bills. I have found that only 5% of small business owners actually understand the secrets to overcoming the cash crunch. Learning this module will always have cash to run your business. Module number three, building a team that lasts. One of the most difficult elements of growing a business is hiring and then holding on to the right employees. A good rule of thumb is to be slow to hire and quick to fire. Unfortunately, not many business owners follow this advice. Instead, they hire the first person that fits the role. Then when the employee doesn't work out, they hesitate to fire them no matter how many team members think they are incompetent. I'm going to show you how to effectively hire, train, manage, and fire people to maximize the leverage in your business. Module number four, customer service is the new marketing. While this may surprise you, the truth is that customer service is your biggest marketing tool. In this age of social media, traditional advertising really has become meaningless, and people are looking for earned media based on buyer's recommendations. In this module, I'll teach you how to create an effective customer service manifesto so your customer can be served at every level of your organization Module number five, you got to break that social media addiction. It's no secret. The World Wide Web can be a worldwide waste of time. Most small businesses have no idea what they're doing. I'll show you how to make sure you use social media as your new marketing voodoo. Module number six, the real trick to all of this is boosting your productivity. Recent studies have indicated that multitasking can cause brain damage. At the very least, it prevents you from doing what you do best. It certainly doesn't allow you to get things done effectively. You see, here's the thing. Your employees will mimic the way you work. You could soon have a team filled with inefficient, multitasking workers all running around chasing their tails, chasing their tails. Get the picture. I'm going to uncover ways to get more done in half the time. I'm going to make sure that you're productive, not just busy. 
If you want to be part of this wonderful program, go to www.barrymoltz.com slash unstuck. Use the special value code 50 off W-I-N-D and get 50% off the price. You'll learn the exact steps you need to take today to move your business to the next level. I guarantee it. So if this is the year that you are really committed to getting your business unstuck and you still have some questions about how it can absolutely positively change the way you do business, give me a call. I make available to all our business listeners a 15-minute free audit of your business and how I can help you get unstuck. The number is 773-837-8250, available to the first five callers. I guarantee this is your year. Okay, this is just frustrating. I just got a cease and desist letter from one of our biggest competitors telling me I have to stop using our business name. They say our names are too similar, but I've had this name for the last five years. How can they just come after me now? Well, it's not that simple. Trademark law is pretty complex, I should know, since I've been sued before. You need to get a trademark lawyer. They'll tell you what you need to do. For all things trademark, call Saper Law Offices at 312-527-4100 or visit Saper Law at saperlaw.com. As a small business owner, you wake every morning feeling like you're on a never-ending hamster wheel. Your energy and interest are waning. You've tried many things to turn your business around, but you failed. You and your business are literally stuck. You keep looking for that magic bullet that will be the tipping point to take it to the next level. Sound familiar? You're not alone. And help is on the way. Read Barry's new book, How to Get Unstuck, 25 Ways to Get Your Business Growing Again. It reveals the 25 most common reasons why companies get stuck and how to fix them. Go to BarryMoltz.com. Every month, Heather Cook helps dozens of people file claims for life insurance bought through SelectQuote. The stories she tells are inspiring. Like this one about Joe, a 39-year-old research analyst. Joe was healthy, but with a wife and two sons, he realized he needed life insurance just in case. Joe called SelectQuote. His agent, Scott, shopped a number of highly rated term life companies and, though Joe's budget was tight, got him a $1 million policy he could afford. Last April, Joe died from heart failure. But thanks to his life insurance through SelectQuote, his family can keep the house and the boys can go to college. See how affordable select quote can make just in case for you. For a free quote, call 1-800-500-2218. 1-800-500-2218. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Now, back to Business Insanity Talk Radio. It's time to get your small business unstuck on AM560, The Answer. Once again, here's Barry Maltz. One of the biggest challenges small businesses and all marketers face really in the coming years is how do you really get to the millennials? They're really a different kind of generation. Here to help is Dave Holly. He's from Social Course. He brings more than 15 years of experience driving digital, experiential, product, and brand marketing. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Barry. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Now, millennials are, I think, a totally different breed, really because of the way they buy and because of mobility. Where do you start? Well, the first thing you want to do, Barry, is understand the millennials themselves. And at a very, very high level, they're, they're just not the kind of 
demographic to trust brands natively. Uh, they've grown up in tumultuous times. They've seen uh, a lot of things that have happened in, from war to economic crisis that make them distrust brands. So the first step is you have to be clear and transparent with the millennial about what you stand for as a brand and and why buying from that brand is something they can feel good about. And so what can a brand really do? Because transparency really plays into this all. There's really no secret information, right? I mean, people, they really trust each other, each other's recommendation, not really because Brad Pitt or Danica Patrick is recommending a certain product, right? That's absolutely right. The, the, the age where brands can align with celebrities and build trust through that is quickly ending, and that's for two, two reasons. One, they know that celebrities are paid, and again, they're more distrustful than ever. Uh, the second reason is they communicate with their friends more actively than they ever they ever have in the past, and that's really driven by social media and mobility, as you pointed out. It's it's a mobile and a social uh, demographic. They're talking to each other all the time. What you really have to do is engage them in a way that they want to talk about your brand and share it with their friends. All right, so where do you start without really being a shill? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, great, great point. I think the, the first point, the first point is a broad group. Within that, you probably have demographics or personas you're focused on, male or female, focused on sports or activities or learning, you know, depending on what that is. Figure out what that target audience within the millennials is looking for. Figure out what kind of value you can provide. And that value could be very simple. It could be access to uh, new products before they come out. It could be access to the people in your organization that are helping design and develop products. It could be things that you're doing with the community to uh, to drive what we call corporate social responsibility, so doing things like aligning with uh, the need for sustainable goods or for the need to reduce climate change. Whatever your brand can provide that is of value to that audience outside of your product, start there and then create content that gets the conversation going around these topics. So the last question I have for you, Dave, is really give us some names of some companies that are doing a great job at this. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, so AT&T is a great example where they have a great campaign around not texting and driving, uh, and they're sharing great content about the importance of not doing that. Um, We see companies like Anheuser-Busch talking a lot about and, and sharing content about why why it's great to be you know drinking responsibly, um, we have uh, we've seen companies like Hills Pets do really fun kinds of things where people are worried about their pet health and their and their the, the weight of their pets, so they're doing sort of twelve week diets for your pet to get them more healthy. So those are those are sort of some concepts that. I think a lot of people can get behind and some brands that are sharing great content um, around those concepts, those concepts that are broadly applicable. Dave, appreciate you being on the show. You can contact Dave at www.socialcourse.com. Well, that's it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors, Sage Summit. You can see me this week in Las Vegas at sagesummit.com. Come by and say hi. Also, was sponsored by Nextiva. It's smart business phone solutions in the cloud for every small business owner. I want to thank our producer behind the glass, Debbie, and of course our booking producer, Sarah. This is Business Sanity Talk Radio, AM 560. Isn't this the year that you get your small business unstuck? Give me a call at 773-935-5181. We'll take your business to the next level. Have a good week. can find Barry on the web at barrymoles.com. You've been listening to Business Insanity Talk Radio. If you're the mother of a child with behavior, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.